I think I had it all marked in my little Bible, and I, it kind of moved on me as we were traveling. <laughs> okay, number f uh, chapter 5, <coughs> 1 through 3. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Armenians on, on one of their raids had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my Lord were here with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. And then going down to 14 to 19. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan. According to the word of the man of God, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and his company. He, he, he came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept, the, accept present from your servant. But he said, as, as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will accept nothing. He urged him to accept, but he refused. Then Naaman said, If not, please let two mule loads of earth be given to your servant, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offering to sacrifice to any god except the Lord. But may the Lord pardon your servant on one count, when my master goes into the house of Ryman to worship there, leaning on my arm, and bow down to the house of Ryman, when I do bow down to the house of Ryman, may the Lord pardon your servant on this one count. He said to him, Go in peace. And now uh, we go to Luke. 22, Luke 2, 22 to 32. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, 
Now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. Then we go to 36 to 38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And now we'll ask Jean to come forward. And uh, we're, we're using our ladies today because it is Ladies' Day, so we appreciate Jean coming. Just here a while back, 
Yes, aren't they pretty? Do you remember just a little while back when we were coming out of the church at Sandoval and you took my you took my mama's hand and helped her walk down the um the walk? It was after Bible study. You know what? You were a flower that was blooming. You were so patient and kind and loving with her and Charlie. You know what? You are a flower that blooms because you like to sing, don't you? And he shows us how to worship because he's just as free as can be and loves and holds his hands up and just claps. And so every one of you are in the place where God wants you and where God can use you. Yes, you are a wonderful singer. Let's pray. Shall we sing? Shall we pray? Um, That's, I love picking flowers. You love picking flowers. And you know, not only do we enjoy them, but we can give them to others too, can't we? Okay, let's bow our heads, fold our hands, and let's pray. You pray after me. Dear Jesus. Amen. Thank you for making us like we are. And help us to live for you. Amen. Amen. Now, I have something for you before you go back, okay? This is a little reminder. It will remind you um, how you are a flower in God's garden and how he's using you. So when, this is just a little container that you can put your special things in. And when you look at it, what's on here? It's flowers. Flowers. And so when you look at it, you think, God made me a flower and he's going to use me. Okay? Okay, thank you. You can go back now. You're welcome. Today is Woman's Sunday, and so I specifically picked two characters from the scriptures that were um, women, young and old, and, um, but I want our men not to feel like they're neglected, or neither do I want you to think that this uh, sharing does not have anything to apply for you. For particular, in the second scripture, you'll notice there was a gentleman in that scripture, Simeon, and... The very things that I'm going to share with you this morning are things that apply whether you're a gentleman or a lady. Just a little bit of background and bringing it together before we look at what God would have us to learn from the scriptures today. Aram was an enemy country of Israel itself. At the time that <clears throat> the little girl was taken in captive, they were not at war, but later was a very powerful neighbor of theirs, and they did overtake Israel. But they had raided many times and had taken captive 
some of the Israelite people and brought them back into their own country. And this little girl was one of them. Now, it calls her a young girl, so some think that she was under the age of 12. Put yourself in that little girl's place. Doesn't say anything about her family, so there's a possibility that she was the only one taken or something happened to her family. But even if her family came along, probably she, they were not in the same, maybe the same household as them. Probably she was alone, under the age of 12. And she was a slave to Naaman's wife and in Naaman's household. Anna, on the other hand, is it said that she was married seven years and had been a widow for 84. There are some scriptures, um, the translations, it will read that she had been a widow for 84 years. But whether she was 84 or just a widow for that period, she was an older woman. And that's important as we look at the scriptures of who we are in God's kingdom today. But both of them had some struggles. And both of them had to live out their faith in difficult situations. And so what does this have to tell us today? We talked about the flowers and that we are to bloom where God has planted us. Just as God had a plan when he created the world and the beauty of it. When we look at flowers around us in this region or when we travel and go other places, we truly see the variety and the beauty, do we not, of God's creation in, in the flowers that he gives. And where he places them, where they would grow in deserts, they would grow on mountainsides, they would grow in the fields, they would grow in the road ditches, as we, we are very prevalent see um, tiger lilies. And God had a plan of where to put them and how to use them. And you know, God has a plan for every one of you ladies today and you gentlemen. And it includes these three things. And we can see all three things, <clears throat> excuse me, all three things in his plan, both in the young girl's life and in Anna's life. Number one. His plan was that they would know him. Not know about him, but know him. That they would have that personal relationship with him. And we see that in the young girl, because when she says to um, Naaman's wife, you know, I would, I, I would hope that um, if only my master, if only Naaman would be able to go to the prophet in Israel, he would cure him. Now, that young girl wasn't saying that, and the prophet was Elisha. She was not saying that Elisha could cure her, cure him. She was saying that the God that Elisha served and the God that Elisha um, pro, um, proclaimed in Israel, where, at a time when Israel was worshiping other gods also, that God was the God that actually would heal him, but he would do it through the prophet Elisha. She knew him. She, she had a relationship with the God of Israel. And she kept that relationship in the very place that God allowed her to be at this time, which was in a foreign country, a young girl, with everything unfamiliar to her, 
and with actually those that would have been called the enemy of Israel. But she also loved and served her God and served others. We see that in the way that she served Naaman and the way she served uh, his wife. It had to be very difficult. It, it, I'm sure it was a process, was it not, for that young girl to adjust and, and to serve them and to serve them well. Because it, I think that, that Naaman might have not paid any attention to that, even though he was desperate because he had leprosy. He was a very powerful um, military man, very well respected. And he, he was desperate. But I also think that that little girl in that situation gave forth her faith in the way she lived her life, in the way she spoke about her God, and in the way she served him and his wife. And she said, if only. Now, she could have said, I think I'll just keep quiet. You know, here I am. And he, he might have even been the one that raided the particular area that she was in. It was his people, at least, that had brought her back. But she didn't. She wanted Naaman to experience her God. And so she told him about him. And thirdly, not only are we to know him and love and serve and serve others, but we are to tell others the good news and point them to the Lord. Now, what about Anna? Anna knew him. It says that she praised God and she worshiped in the temple daily. She, she was there constantly. She told people, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, a little bit later, but she told people about her Savior, her Redeemer. So you see, both of them, they began to realize what God's plan for them was in that particular place at that particular time. How about us today, ladies, gentlemen? God has a plan for your life, for my life. Are we looking at what he has called us to do and to be? And are we going with his plan? Number two. As you look around, we can see flowers everywhere, no matter where we go. Um, Charlie, this morning, he noticed the flowers that we have in church. They're a reminder, aren't they? And we see them everywhere. And in this story of these two ladies, we see that God has a witness everywhere. He had one in um, an Israelite girl in a foreign land. He had one in the temple who was an older lady. Everywhere, God has his witnesses. There are some things that are not factors in blooming for the Lord, blooming where you are planted, where God has planted you. And these are the factors, age. Age is not a factor. And how many times might we say, you know, I'm a little too young to do that, or another person is too young to do that. 
or I'm too old to do that. I've served my time. God has a witness through you in that place. And it may be a different season in our lives. We may not be doing the same things. But age is not the factor, whether we're young or we're old. Every one of these children this morning, as, as I shared with you, they have touched our lives in some way already. God has a plan for them. And they are following that plan. And he has a plan for your life. And that plan is to be a witness. The place they were at or the circumstances they were in was not a factor. Whether they were in a foreign land in, in an everyday task as the young girl was or whether they were in the temple as Anna was in her own land. The place was not what deterred them or kept them from serving and loving the Lord and being witnesses. Now it could have. The young girl could have, and Anna too, could have become bitter with their circumstances. The young girl could have been so bitter that she was taken from her family, taken from her country, taken from everything that was familiar. Anna could have been bitter that she only had seven wonderful years of marriage and then had been a widow for so long. But neither one of them became bitter because we see the way that they did witness. They didn't, another one that does not hinder unless we allow it, is that whether it's good times or rough times, we still can be those witnesses everywhere and wherever we are. These ladies teach us some things. First of all, um, they are a wonderful example that God has included in the scripture of their faith. Their faith in um, difficult situations with difficult people sometimes. They're an example of being a faithful witness no matter what. Did they have times that were hard and, and they were down? Yes. I, I think we can just assume that. But they kept persevering and they kept growing and they kept doing what God had placed in their hearts and in their lives. They didn't come, become people that um, engaged in self-pity. But they became people that put their faith in the one that they knew could trust. How about us? Are we being witnesses, ladies, where God has placed us? In this church, in this community, in our jobs, in our schools, in uh, the friends that we're with, with people that are not our friends? Are we being faithful? to be the witness that God asks us to. And number three, God will use us to bloom with his beauty and to touch others. As we look at both of these ladies' lives today, they touched lives with the love of God. 
So what is the ingredient? What is the requirement? It is to be willing and obedient. To be who God made you to be, ladies, not someone else. All flowers are different. And to do what he has called you to do, not what someone else is called to do. Look at this. And, and then we see that, um, lastly, that um, they, they not only bloomed, but they were a blessing and they were blessed. Look at the little girl in Naaman. As the rest of the story uh, was read and then the part that was left out, because Naaman had a hard time when he got there and Elijah didn't do what he thought, he became very angry and wasn't going to do it. But he finally came to obedience and was healed. But when he goes back to Elisha, did you get what he said? He said, now I know. He didn't know about him. He knew the God that was the true God. He not only accepted the God of Israel, the true God, as his own God, but he was so concerned because at that time they thought that you had to worship your God on the ground where where the, your God was worshipped. And he knew he was going back to his own country and the God of Israel was not worshipped there. So he asked to take back some dirt. And then he says to Elijah, um, pardon me, but I have to go with the king into his temple that he worships his God and I have to help him kneel down or get up. Let it be that, that God knows I am not worshipping that God. So we see him coming to know the God of Israel as his personal God and a commitment to serve him. Now, what would have happened or what could have happened, we don't know, if that little girl had not bloomed where God placed her. She touched Naaman's life and now Naaman goes back with the good news to tell others. And Anna, Anna's in the temple. And she comes along right after Simeon has, has given his prophecy about this Christ child is the Messiah. She comes along at that time and she comes along and begins to thank God that she has seen the promised Messiah in the baby Jesus or in the young Jesus. And then it says, she went to tell everyone that the Redeemer, the Messiah of Israel, had come. What would have happened if Anna that day would not have been sensitive to the Spirit to come at that time? Or to share? So you see, their lives were touched, but... They were also blessed, and they blessed others. Anna, especially, the, the next phase of Jesus' life is, they, in one of the other Gospels, they have to flee to Egypt because the, the king has ordered every baby under two to be killed. Can you imagine the words of Simeon and Anna as they go into a foreign country and they hear those words, He is the Messiah. So I ask us, ladies, today and gentlemen, 
Are you blooming where God has placed you? May he help us to do that. Amen. We would like for the ladies now to, um, to take a blanket. And this is one of the ways that the ladies of this church bloom. Um, and, and they're kind of like the flowers. Look around. They're, they're all different. They're all beautiful. And when they give them, and I understand you give them for many different reasons, those that um, are sick, those that are um, grieving, those that just need perhaps an, an uplift sometime in their life. What a blessing as you serve where you've been planted with the gifts that God has given you. Would you stand, ladies, and hold them up and um, maybe just kind of turn around so they can see, so everybody can see the, the different ones, and then we will pray a blessing over them. Gracious Father, the one who blesses us so we can be a blessing, we pray your blessing upon these blankets today. We pray a blessing upon these ladies that have given of their time and gifts in making them. And we pray a blessing upon those that will receive them. That all glory and praise would go to you. And that souls would be won to Christ. And souls would be drawn closer to him. Because we have bloomed where you have planted us. This we ask in Jesus' wonderful, precious name. Amen.